Home is where the heart is, but we lose it when we go to work. Remodeling our lives to be joyful starts with remodeling our homes, followed by remodeling our work. We are on the cusp of losing the values and freedoms that we discovered during the pandemic, but in looking back is where we can find the silver linings for applications on how to move forward. You are listening to the Work Life Ubiosis podcast with your host, Charleston Edwards. If this is your first time here, welcome. My goal is simple, to bring harmony and balance to this world, starting with the family. There is so much more to life than the nine to five, and this show is designed to bring you inspiration, motivation, and practical solutions to bring balance and joy back to your life. Work-life balance is not a myth, it's a choice. Themes on this show range widely between faith, family rhythms, work, and lifestyle philosophies. You will also hear burning ladder essays submitted by our community of friends and listeners who ditched the rat race, beat burnout to pursue a more balanced and purposeful life. My hope is that this show and the stories shared will provide encouragement motivation and will provide some ideas that will be valuable to you on your journey to work-life freedom. So let's dive into today's episode. Do you love what you do, but you're often irritated by not making progress? Or perhaps you love your career, but you're often overwhelmed by the never-ending list. Or perhaps you're tired of looking up at 5 p.m. every day and seeing that you have nothing to show for yourself. You could be on the road to burnout. 70% of all workers are in burnout or on the road to burnout. Burnout typically happens when we lose the fire for what we do. But what happens when we love what we do but our operating system of working sucks the life force right out of us. In part four of four in this series on the heart, I would like to address how to love your workday again. Specifically, if you have the luxury and desire to keep working from home, you will find value from the rest of this podcast. If time was not a constraint, how would you model your workday? Let me rephrase this question into a series of reflective questions. If you didn't have to work from 9 to 5, how would your day look? If Monday through Friday weren't designated workdays, how would your week look? If you could work from any place, where would you choose to go and why? If you could start your career over, what would you do and why? If you were told that you weren't guaranteed to live another year, would that change any of the answers above? These are the questions that were never a question to ask until the great disruption of 2020. 
Many of us have aborted the freedoms found in the answer to these questions and returned to normal. Though we have recovered from the pandemic for the most part, burnout is still an epidemic plaguing the world. I believe that there isn't just a misalignment in what we are doing with our time. There's a misalignment in how we are using our time. We must remodel old systems for the era that we are living in. We are still stretched and burned out trying to juggle it all. Our days are spent throwing spaghetti on the wall while our homes are collapsing. Remodeling our approach to work calls for remodeling our homes first. Families, relationships, faith, and health are the priorities of life that point us to the good works that we do with our hands. Work and life go hand in hand. One always impacts the other. Before we tackle new strategies for work life, let's briefly look at our old way of doing things. The 40-hour work week was a movement that was widely adopted worldwide in the 1800s and finally standardized in America in 1937 with the Fair Labor Act. The boundary of 40 hours a week was to bring fairness to the workforce at large and to ensure workers were balanced and healthy. In 1817, Robert Owen, a socialist, utopian thinker, and advocate for better working conditions, was a catalyst for our current eight-hour workday. His fame, he is famous for coining the phrase in the labor movement, eight hours labor, eight hours recreation, eight hours rest. Owen's battle was a bit extreme and his social experiments were often controversial, but his battle for balance and how we spend our time is one to celebrate. Owen's battle for balance and health was before technology, computers, and mobile devices. This battle was before the information age. This battle was before the global pandemic. Let's fast forward to March 2020 when our work and livelihoods took a wild left turn. We went from the Truman Show to the Little House on the Prairie. Cities were evacuated, homeschools skyrocketed, and owning chickens became a cool fad. Getting out in nature, going for walks, and finding new hobbies were embraced globally. Time was back on our side, and we adapted. Thanks to technology, we also realized that work and school didn't have to stop. We could have the best of both worlds at home. But with this luxury came pain. You know what they say about too much of a good thing. The pace intensified at home. Workplaces across the globe abused the convenience of technology, and still do, and those that lacked sound principles and boundaries were burned, and still are. Considering this, I celebrate and applaud those who were first responders or in positions that required much more to save humanity from the crisis that we were fighting at that time. Balance may not have been an option for everyone, and that is okay. Though the burnout rates were and still are extreme, we are still fighting for flexibility to work from anywhere. We found the time in our day, and we do not want to give it up. As long 
time, as a longtime remote worker who believes in freedom and flexibility of work, this is hard for me to say, but here it is. We are fighting the wrong war of the typical eight-hour day commutes and returning to the office. The war to fight for is for the heart. The war is at home because that's where we found ourselves again in the midst of the pandemic. In our hearts are the values, passions, and interests that reflect each one of us as individuals. If I asked the question, what's in your heart, you would have a far different answer than if I asked, what do you do? It's not often that a person would have the same answer to both questions. When society realized that what's in our hearts is not aligned with what we do, we resigned from our old normal to find our new normal. This great resignation wasn't about people wanting to work less. The great resigners wanted to be valued and respected for all that we stand for outside of work. This goes beyond public recognition and higher pay, which is great, by the way. But this was about our kids, our dying loved ones, our own health, and our interests that light us up when we're not working. It was about our time. At some point, our culture forgot that we are whole humans. In 2020, we got the wake-up call as Zoom opened the office door to our homes. It was there that we had a full glimpse of our livelihoods and others. We were more than machines. But here we are in 2024, and it's been thrown out the window again. It's gotten worse with our love-hate relationship with technology. AI is growing out of control to help us save time, expedite all of our pursuits, to help us feel more productive, to help us look and appear perfect. Meanwhile, we are losing our hearts to these robots. This pace is killing families. The breakneck pace up the ladder has minimized the importance of marriage and parenting. The pursuit of the fastest and coolest technology that connects us quickly has left us lonely and isolated. If I had to sum up what has happened in the last 250 years, our society has gotten too big for our bridges. We went from the foundations of life being faith and family to a foundation of materialism and individualism. Little House on the Prairie to The Truman Show. In the pains of 2020, we were reminded of our values and what really matters in our souls. The pursuits of achievements, success, and power were humbled. This was a silver lining that very few people talk about today, and it's only been four years later. We are in a country that symbolizes freedom. But the irony is, is that when we, that it took a global virus to expose our captivity to the rat race. This couldn't be summarized better than this children's poem called The Great Realization by Tom Roberts. To quote one line, Roberts says, While we were locked in our homes, 
we brushed off our instincts. And these instincts was heart, faith, and courage to get back to reality. We came out of our hypnosis. We left the Truman Show via stage left. If you've never seen the Truman Show, you should go watch it. It's not only amusing, it's a reminder that we need to be careful of following the current of society. It could all be a lie. The nature of work has changed, but our ability to balance what's most important has not. Families are being destroyed by this. The traditional American family has declined by 37% in the last 50 years. This number proves that our priorities have changed. We are focused on the rat race. The Great Resignation, or the Great Realization, or whatever you want to call it, it was a call to run home. If we are to love our work again, we must love our homes again, and then get busy adjusting our priorities. I outlined this point in full detail in my ebook, March 2020, Lost and Found at Home. The world ran home because it was there we found our hearts. How do we keep our hearts from breaking again? The answer is surely not for everyone to work from home. That's not the point, and the world infrastructure would collapse under that type of mutiny. Running home is reclaiming, reclaiming our focus. It's reclaiming our divine purpose of why we're here on Earth, getting radically comfortable with the pursuit of enough versus more slowing down our pace and simplifying our goals. Running home is recommitting our time to loving God and loving others. This episode is brought to you by Own Your 5 to 9, an organization committed to freeing families of the rat race and burnout. Every organization has a leader, mission, and a set of values that drives the organization. But this is commonly missed in the most important organization in the world, the family. An organization has one mission for how it will impact the world. Why not the family? An organization goes into strategic planning to align its values, mission, and projects. Why not the family? Who's Home, a strategic planning guide for families is a workbook and a tool needed in all households. Who's Home takes a strategic planning approach with 10 guided exercises to define your core family values, family mission, and tools to operationalize how your family does life together. If your family is facing big decisions, Who's Home is for you. If you're considering a career pivot, Whose home is for you? If you desire more intentionality and harmony in your home, whose home is for you? Create a healthy culture, not a hustle culture, at home. Visit ownyour5to9.com to claim your copy today. How we spend our days is how we spend our lives. There is so much power and truth in this statement. If we have lost our heart, passion, and fuel in something that we once loved, 
we must look at the operating system before throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Our hearts must be protected by our approaches to work. This is the call for remodeling our homes, which in turn will remodel our work. Putting the health of the family first will put work in its appropriate place. As I continue to advocate for balance, I'm super encouraged that the great realization and the great resignation have finally led to the great reverberation. This vibration is small, but it's packed with a great hope for our future. I received an email recently from an HR executive, and the tagline in her signature gripped me like a shooting star. It said, My workday may look different than your workday. Please do not feel obligated to respond outside of your normal working hours. Stress kills, and we need more permission slips like this email signature to remove stress from our lives. This executive gets it and has dug deep into freedom that was realized in 2020. That freedom is now an obligation to serve others. This executive is sending waves and vibrations into the universe with every email out of her inbox. This executive is respecting the whole human, not just the work robots that we are. We are more than a nine to five. We are a five to nine and a nine to five, a full 24 hour cycle human being. We're beautiful. We all operate differently, but harmoniously. The uniqueness of each one of, our, one of our days make up a beautiful tapestry that no longer is judged by a 9 to 5 stopwatch. But there is an enemy to this, and it's in our technology. It's a major player in our inability to balance our priorities. The notification feature alone is like someone constantly tapping us on the shoulder all day long, saying, hey, can I steal your attention really quick? Then once it steals our attention, there's no going back. Off the cliff we go. A bad relationship with our devices can contribute to a bad relationship with our work day, with our home life, with just about everything if our devices are ruling our clocks. I'd like to conclude with a few solutions to the challenges raised at the beginning. Burnout is not just a loss of fire in the what. Burnout can happen in the how. We must capitalize on the silver linings that were discovered at home during the pandemic. We must slow down. Prioritize the most important things. Stay true to our hobbies. Focus more on raising our kids and chickens. And get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That means knowing when enough is actually enough. For those that follow this platform closely, my recommendations are not new. It's a framework, and it's meant to bring us great joy. So here's yet another list of applications that will sound very familiar and can help you love your workday again. It's customizable to almost any household and any industry that endorses freedom flexibility, and autonomy. So number one, remember your priorities. 
Everything that has just been stated is an inspiration to help us remember our purposes, our hearts, and our souls. Always ask what's most important and base the next move on that answer. Number two, simplify your list. Stop trying to do it all. Our society is too anxious about getting everything done as quickly as possible. The world has never collapsed because of an unchecked to-do list. Let's increase the frequency of saying no, especially when we know what our priorities are. Number three, obey Parkinson's law. This law states that a task fits into the time given to it. This philosophy has worked wonders for years. It allows time to block time with just one thing on the list to accomplish. Once completed, take a break and then move on. Parkinson's law is permission to do one thing at a time and only one thing. Shut down all notifications during that time. Number four, infuse fun daily. Fun doesn't necessarily mean playing games. Fun is a mindset. Fun permits us to laugh, to wonder, and to embrace the beauty in what we are working on. Even when we have difficult jobs, it doesn't mean that everything has to be so serious. Tell a joke. Listen to a joke. Schedule calls with someone who you know will make you laugh. Schedule two or three walks a day. Embrace time when you are saying yes to anything your child asks you to do. Enjoy the silliness. Number five, replenish the tank and do this daily. Emotional energy is just as important as mental and physical energy. We go through cycles of tiredness and we all have tanks that drain in different ways. Get to know what refuels you and do it often. Is it prayer? Is it reading a book? A walk by the water or in nature? Is it a hobby or is it cooking? Where we get this wrong is that most people reserve the time to fill the reserves until after work. Infuse the refueling into the workday. Block it and tackle it. Replenishing may also mean taking more time off work. In America, we don't use all of our PTO. On average, 11 days is typically left at the end of the year. And the number one reason that these days are left off is because no one else is doing it. Since when is that a reason to do something or not to do something? Number six is called Freedom Fridays. This is an altar call for fewer meetings, especially on Fridays. I would advise no meetings on Monday too. Get time back on your best day and worst day of the week. That's Friday and Monday. Use this time for creative projects, eating the frog, or just getting some administrative work done. If these days don't work for whatever reason, choose another day to be meeting free and permit your team to adopt a similar schedule. The last guide is to give back. The signature from the HR executive is one to adopt. This gives respect and time to anyone you send communications to. This is giving love and respect to yourself. This type of giving is contagious and it removes stress. During the workday and meetings, get personal. 
Ask someone how they're doing. Ask how they spent the evening or weekend. Truly listen and truly care. Love the whole person, not just the productivity. A good life has good systems, rhythms, and healthy habits. The steps above are always to build a work-life operating system, a healthy rhythm that balances the priorities of life. Look at your days and weeks as a way to build this system. If you have a recurring project, tackle that project at the same time in the same day every week. Find those rhythms. Lastly, before starting any of this, do an assessment. Audit your time and ask yourself in the process, is it by default of the 9 to 5 framework? Or if it's by design that works best for your entire life, allowing the time to work, rest, move, communicate, manage, create, think, and have fun. We may be different, but we all have the same 24 hours. Let's steward them well. Thank you for listening to the Work Life Ubiosis podcast, part of the work life resources created by Own Your 5 to 9. I hope that you have found encouragement and a few ideas to strengthen your journey to purpose, freedom, and balance. Have you overcome burnout and found a new way of life? Millions around the globe are still at the risk of burnout and losing it all, and your story may be the one that sparks not only a dream, but action. Visit ownyour5to9.com for more information and to submit your story. While you're there, join the Work Life Ubiosis newsletter and receive additional resources weekly right to your inbox. If you enjoy this podcast, take time to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Share it with a friend or a loved one. Remember, the most important organization in the world is the family. Let's do our part to strengthen it. Thank you for listening.